Good morning and welcome to the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily number 99. It is Wednesday, April 8th, 2020. I'm your host, Scott Gumbar, and it happens more than you think. This podcast is brought to you by Nuage Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N-W-A-J-Tech.com. All right. Happy Wednesday, everyone. We are on the cusp of 100. Can you believe it already on episode 100? That'll be tomorrow. Today, we're on episode 99. Uh, Wherever you're listening to this, if you could please like, share, comment, and leave a review or leave a review. I'll take any of those things. That would be wonderful. We just want to reach the masses and share the information that we all should have. And if you're in a HIPAA compliant business, please go to Facebook, type in get HIPAA compliance in the search, join that group because we share HIPAA information, training, education, breach reports, all kinds of good HIPAA information that'll help your practice or your business business associate remain HIPAA compliant. All right, first up, the register.co.uk at Legion. I never know if I'm saying that right, but I believe it's at Legion Issues Advice. Advice on how to keep your IT service desk secure after hundreds of portables found facing the internet amid virus lockdown. So at Legion is a provider of, among other things, they provide a service desk platform. Alarm, alarm sounded after orgs open up internal platforms for work from home staff. As companies move their staff to remote working amid the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic, some IT teams have made internal platforms such as tech support desks face the public internet. The hope presumably is that this ensures employees can easily reach these services from their homes, allowing them to raise support tickets and the like. However, organizations are leaving themselves open to mischief or worse by miscreants. We're told because the portals are not fully secured. Strangers on the internet can create new accounts, impersonate staff, submit requests for bogus work, potentially access sensitive information such as payroll details and documentation, and so on. Inti de Cuclair of Bug Bounty Platform Integrity claimed earlier this month hundreds of corporate service portals have been exposed to the internet, a 12% increase since he scanned the internet for them last summer, an increase the COVID-19 crisis may have contributed to. An increase in number of Atlassian Jira service desks have been misconfigured to be accessible for anyone to sign up, he said. In essence, this is nothing to worry about as service desks may have legitimate reasons to be public. However, a growing number of instances have been repurposed to serve as an internal service ticket portal, allowing attackers to impersonate employees and create legitimate internal requests. Verifying the legitimacy of these requests has proven to be far less convenient without offline verification channels. You can't just walk up to your colleague and ask them about it. As proof of concept, the Cuclair targeted a set of corporate Atlassian service desk portals he found facing the internet. By simply guessing the URL of the target service portal, for example, your company name .atlassian.net service desk slash service desk slash customer slash user slash login, he was able to create a new user account and view the now public internal portal. That in itself would be bad enough for most companies, but it could then lead to far worse things should an attacker now armed with seemingly legitimate employee account use it to then socially engineer their way into more sensitive systems and information. So you can see how that could progress from there. Um, so if you are using Atlassian or some other service desk platform that was behind a corporate firewall but is now public, you're going to want to re- reconsider 
how you're handling that. In reality, it should be done over VPN um, and, uh, and still on a intranet, but looks like that's not happening everywhere. Bleeping Computer reports Microsoft and Google postpone insecure authentication removal. Microsoft says that basic authentication remo removal from Exchange Online is being postponed until the second half of 2021 due to the current situation created by the COVID-19 pandemic. In response to COVID-19 crisis and knowing that priorities have changed for many of our customers, we have decided to postpone disabling basic authentication in Exchange Online for those tenants still actively using it until the end of or second half of 2021, Microsoft Exchange team announced. However, starting October 2020, Microsoft will still automatically disable basic authentication for newly created tenants and on those there where it is not actively used. We will also continue to complete the rollout of OAuth support for POP, IMAP, SMTP OAuth, and remote PowerShell and continue to improve our reporting capabilities, Microsoft said. We still intend to move our customers away from basic authentication as we still very strongly believe improving security and exchange online benefits all of us. And so we'll announce more accurate timelines for dis disabling basic authentication for tenants with usage at a later date. Um, and along with that, Google announced that while Google has announced in December 2019 that it will block, block less secure apps from processing or accessing G Suite accounts st data starting in February of 2021, the company now says the, the secure apps turnoff is put on hold until further notice. We reported that. Um, a few weeks ago, so they are pushing that back indefinitely. That decision followed the removal of the enforced ex access to less secure apps for all users, setting from the Google Admin Console during October of 2019. As many organizations deal with the impact of COVID-19 and are now focused on supporting a remote workforce, we want to minimize potential disruptions for customers unable to complete migrations in this time frame, Google said on March 30th. As a result, we are suspending the LSA Turn off until further notice. All previously announced timeframes no longer apply. Um, so I guess that's good news. I don't know if I'm completely on board with that, but it's you know it'll help some businesses. We have Google Chrome. Ha it, there is an update for it to Chrome 81 um, that addresses 32 security flaws and Web NFC API. So if you uh, have a version of Google Chrome prior to 81.0.4044.92, you're going to want to upgrade that. And Firefox also updated to Firefox 75, and that is for Windows 10. Both of those were released yesterday, so go update them if you haven't done so already. Um, they, do, they both do address some security concerns. Now, Bleepy Computer is reports NASA under significantly increasing hacking phishing attacks. NASA has been significantly increasing, has seen significantly increasing malicious activity from both nation-state hackers and cyber criminals targeting the U.S. space agency systems and personnel working from home during the COVID-19 pandemic. Mitigation tools and measures set in place by NASA's Security Operations Center successfully blocked a wave of cyber attacks. The agency reported double the number of phishing attempts, an exponential increase in malware attacks, and double the number of malicious sites being blocked to protect users from potential malicious attacks. NASA employees and, and contractors should be aware that nation states and cyber criminals are actively using the COVID-19 pandemic to exploit and target NASA electronic devices, networks, and personal devices. A status report memo issued to all NASA personnel by the Office of Chief Information Officer says. 
Some of their goals include accessing sensitive information, usernames and passwords, conducting denial of service attacks, spreading disinformation, and carrying out scams. Threat actors have also been observed increasingly sending malicious emails with the end goal of infecting employees with malware and phishing sensitive info info that could later be used to gain access to critical NASA systems and sensitive data. Among the lures spotted during this phishing attack, during these phishing attacks, NASA mentions multiple baits related to novel coronavirus outbreak, including requests for donations, tax refunds, safety measures, fake vaccines, updates on virus transmissions, and various disinformation campaigns. Some of these recent attacks are also targeting mobile devices, not only desktops, as NASA security experts have found with such mobile attacks also attempting to trick victims into revealing sensitive information. So it's not just at your workstation, it's at any device. Um, This goes across the board, though. So, you know, obviously this article is about NASA, but this is everybody. There is a huge uptick in activity, phishing, primarily phishing, but also malware and ransomware. And I believe we have... Oh, that was yesterday. We talked about Interpol warning about ransomware attacks on hospitals. Um, bleeping computer drug testing firm sends data breach alerts after ransomware attack. Hammersmith Medicine's Research LTD, a research company on standby to perform live trials of coronavirus vaccines, has started emailing data breach notifications after having their data stolen and published in a ransomware attack. So we re- reported that last week, I believe. Um, and it was Mays Ransomware who said they wouldn't do it. And they, so they, they hit them with a ransomware attack prior to saying they would not attack hospitals or, or healthcare during the pandemic. Um, but they have since released stolen data on a new site. They did that on March 21st, and that was after they said they wouldn't do these things. So now um, Hammersmith is is letting patients, um, is sending out data breach notifications to anybody who had their data stolen. Um Naked security by Sophos. Kind of interesting story here. Two school kids sue Google for collecting biometrics. Two school children have sued Google, alleging that it is illegally collecting their voice prints, face prints, and other personally identifiable information. The students were identified only as HK and JC in the complaint, which was filed on Thursday in San Jose, California, in the U.S. District Court of Northern California. The children are suing through their father, Clinton Farrell. Farewell. Farwell. I guess Clinton Farwell. The complaint notes that Google has infiltrated the country's primary and secondary school systems by distributing its Chromebook laptops, which come pre-installed with its G Suite for Education platform. The suite includes student versions of Gmail, Calendar, Drive, Docs, Sheets, and other Google apps. In order to use those apps, the kids had to speak into a laptop's audio recording device so Google could record their voices, and they had to look into the laptop's camera so Google could scan their faces. According to the lawsuit, over half of the nation's school children use Google's education products, including those in Illinois, most of whom are under the age of 13. Illinois comes into play because it's got the strictest biometrics privacy law in the land. The Biometric Privacy, I'm sorry, Biometric Information Privacy Act, or BIPA, requires private entities like Google to first get our informed consent before collecting our biometrics, including face prints and voice prints. The complaint alleges that Google's violating both BIPA and the nation's strictest federal online children's privacy act, the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. COPA requires websites and online services to fully and clearly disclose their data collection use and disclosure practices and they obtain and that they obtain verifiable parental consent before collecting, using, or disclosing the data they collect from children younger than thirteen. Incredibly, the complaint says Google's violating 
both of those privacy protection laws at the same time. The lawsuit says that besides face prints and voice prints, Google also illegally creating, collecting, storing, and using students' PII, including their physical locations, website they visit, every search term they use on Google search engine, the videos they watch on YouTube, personal contact lists, voice recordings, save passwords, and other behavioral information, all without verifiable parental consent from the complainant. The plaintiffs are requesting a jury trial. They want Google to stop collecting the agency and to destroy whatever data it is. The suit is also seeking $5,000 per student for each of their Google's alleged intentional or reckless violations and $1,000 for each negligent violation. So that could get very expensive if they lose. Um, this is not the first time. There was one earlier this year, I believe, that was raised. It's sort of similar. I think it was in Arizona. Uh, no, here it is, New Mexico. So similar situation. It'll be interesting to see what uh, what comes of this because the Chromebooks aren't new. They've been using them. Um, so I would imagine somewhere along the line something was signed by the parents, but maybe not. I'm not sure. Um, I know my kids use Chromebooks, but they have not been used. They have not used. Uh, facial recognition or voice recognition for anything on them. So, uh, another report of naked security by Sophos. Thousands of Android apps contain undocumented backdoors, study finds. What might some Android apps be quietly doing behind the backs of their users? The answer, according to a succession of studies, is quite a lot. of Quite a lot. Probably more than some users would be comfortable with if they knew about it. This isn't necessarily about outright malicious apps, so much as legitimate apps taking liberties or installing with capabilities users wouldn't expect to exist. For example, in March, researchers reported that some apps pay a lot of attention to other apps installed on the device, and which in theory could be used to gather data on a user's behavior and inclinations. But a recently published study from researchers at Ohio State University, New York University, and the Hemholtz Center for Information Security offers hard evidence that undocumented and hidden behaviors often extend far beyond mere noisy snooping. Using a sophisticated static analysis tool called Input Scope, developed for the purpose, the team analyzed the behavior of 150,000 apps comp comprising the 100,000 most popular on Google Play in April 2019, plus 30,000 uh, 30, apps pre-installed on Samsung devices and 20,000 taken from the alternative Chinese market, Badu. The study examined two issues, what proportion of apps exhibited secret behaviors and how these might be used or abused. Of the 150,000 apps, 12,760, I'm sorry, 12,706 exhibited a range of behaviors in indicating the presence of backdoors, secret access keys, master passwords, and secret commands, plus another 4,028 that seemed to be checking user input against blacklisted words such as political leaders' names incidents in the news, and racial discrimination. Looking at backdoors, both Google Play and apps from alternative app stores such as Badu showed roughly the same percentage of apps falling into this category, 6.8% and 5.3% respectively. Interestingly, for pre-installed bloatware apps, the percentage showing this behavior was double the other sources at around 16%. So that's Samsung for you. Um, it's interesting I, I would be, because it doesn't really say here, but it's interesting. I'd be interested in knowing what exactly those apps were doing. You know, it's a lot of apps to detail that information, but hopefully we'll find out soon. And then finally, um, the reason for the title of the podcast, 
Hackers forum hacked OG users database dumped again. A rival hacking forum has yet again hacked OG users the second time in a year and yet again doxed its database for one and all to grab fast on the heels of the attack. OG users is a forum devoted to trading stolen Instagram, Twitter, and other accounts with special place in its dark heart for hackers who like to trade SIM swappers, stolen phone numbers, and Bitcoin accounts. An announcement of this second attack was first spotted by data breach monitoring service under the breach the same service that recently noticed that data belonging to nearly every citizen of the country of georgia had been posted in a hacker's forum on thursday under the breach tweeted a screen grab of notice posted that day by og users admin who goes by the username ace in that post ace claimed that a hacker successfully pulled off the breach by uploading a shell to the avatar upload uploading feature Within a few hours, a rival forum dumped OG users' database of about 200,000 user accounts. Under the breach reported early Friday morning, those users' passwords apparently weren't encrypted, which is really interesting, given under the breach's claim that over half of them had already been converted to plain text as of the time the service posted. Well, that was quick. Rival forum already dumped the OG users' database for everyone to grab. 200,551 records, of which 126,431 already had their passwords cracked to plain text. It all reeks of deja vu, down to this happens to all sites, and this will never happen again. Spiel that Ace copy pasted from the hackers, hacking hackers announcement of May 2019. You must realize other sites such as Twitter, Facebook, Dropbox, forums have been used in the past, and many more have been breached at least once. People are targeting the site 365 days a year. Again, I'm deeply sorry this occurred, and I will do my best to make sure it never happens again. Make that it will never happen again until it does. Here's what led Ace to making the same claim 11 months ago. Ace announced in May 2019 that an outage had been caused by a hard drive failure that erased months' worth of private forum posts and prestige points. The OG users admin said that they they restored a backup from January of 2019 Later turned out the outage coincided with the theft of the forum's user database and erasure of its hard drives. Four days, li- four days after ACES 2019 announcement, the administrative rival hacking community raid forums announced that they uploaded the OG users database. Come and get it. The admin taunted, raising an eyebrow at OG's user use of the vulnerability vexed MD5 hashing function. Um, as Motherboard has reported, OG users called OGU by its Members is a forum popular among hackers who specialize in hijacking people's accounts, particularly through SIM swapping. Launched in April of 2017, the forum is a market for buying and selling OG usernames. That's short for Original Gangster and refers to usernames that are considered desirable, whether it's because they're short, such as at T or at TY, or because they're considered cool, such as at sex or at eternity, or then again because they belong to celebrities, such as the Twitter accounts of Wikipedia co-founder Jimmy Wales, comedian Sarah Silverman, or NASA to name just a few. According to Motherboard, OG users have traded in hijacked social media accounts, as well as in PlayStation Network, Steam, Domino's Pizza, and other online accounts. It's surprising that OG users managed to amass over 200,000 users the months following its first hacking given that users left the sinking ship in droves the first time. Be that as it may, in the Thursday post, Ace said that it, that the site had forced a password change for all users. Ace also recommended that users made up presumably of mostly SIM-swapping account hijacking crooks turn on two-factor authentication to protect themselves. 2FA is always a fine idea. That's true, even though we'd love it and where law enforcement 
to benefit from criminals crappy infosec to track them down this being a here we go again story here we go again when we point out that we can't be too tickled about crooks kicking each other's shins off malware is a scourge that sophos battles all the time so we can't applaud too loudly even the even when say a nigerian scammer infects himself and life, like we said, when we reported about hackers hacking hackers, if hackers can be hacked, then so can you if you, can't, if you aren't careful. If a website gives you an option to turn on two-factor authentication or multi-factor authentication, do it. It's almost like it's me talking right now. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily. So until tomorrow, stay healthy, stay safe, stay secure.